Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. This is the post-game podcast from another impressive Timberwolves victory. Yes, that's four in a row. It's four opponents in a row held under 40% shooting by this apparently fantastic Timberwolves defense. We'll break that down. We'll talk about another great Ant game. A little bit of a resurgence as well for both Carlton Towns and Shake Milton. Plenty to get to on the show here today. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Happy Thursday, everybody, and it's a victory Thursday. This is the postgame podcast, a phenomenal Wolves performance again on Wednesday night. We're going to break down the entire game against the Pelicans, what was most impressive. We'll do some individual studs and duds. There's lots to get to today. A big thank you here off the top, though, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV, along with all the other great Minnesota Lockdown podcasts. And you can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. Uh, by Twitter, I mean X. You know what I mean? Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. And that's two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, let's get right into it. There's so much to get to. This was a. Um, pretty much an all-around impressive, dominant performance by this Timberwolves team. Um, I, I don't really know how else to say it. Like, obviously, beating the Celtics was was incredible, and, um, you know, the dominant win over the Jazz was great. I mean, the Nuggets win a week ago is, is the most impressive of the lot, I would say. Um, but this performance... Yes, against a shorthanded Pelicans team, I, I think we have to... Obviously, we have to acknowledge that, right? But this was a, an all-around dominant performance. Yes, it was close after the first quarter, and and you know the second half was was actually the Pelicans. I think won the second half because of garbage time. So like, but you take the whole body of work. They were good on both ends of the floor in this game. It was actually a solid offensive performance. We've seen a couple games where they've kind of it's been a mucky game because they've been so good defensively. The offense hasn't flowed. I thought the offense was great in this game. But I want to start with the bigger picture thing which is, well, yes, we can acknowledge that the Pelicans were shorthanded and obviously missing, of course, Zion Williamson and C.J. McCollum, but also other, you know, several rotation pieces, Herb Jones, et cetera. That really matters. But this is exactly what this Wolves, team's, Wolves team needs to prove that they're able to do. Remember last year, they were beating good full-strength teams. Like, they played, they played playoff teams above 500 last year and struggled at times against... Uh, not at times, just really throughout the season against bad teams and against teams missing key players. Uh, you know, good teams missing stars, bad teams missing their best players, whatever, you name it. The Wolves struggle with it. And obviously Chris Finch is painfully aware of that. And it seems like the players are pretty self-aware at this point too. And and I'm going to throw up a Rudy Gobert quote here if you're watching on YouTube. What he said after the game about uh, that subject Rudy said, regardless of who we play, who's hurt, we know that our biggest opponent is ourselves. I'm really proud the way we came out. We came out regardless of who's on the court. 
it's still the NBA and guys are talented. And yes, this can sound like coach speak, locker room speak, whatever, like, um, uh, you know, the only, what do you say? We know our biggest opponent is ourselves, right? We can only beat ourselves. And then also it's the NBA. Everybody's talented. You could say that, like you could hear that in an NFL locker room, any, you know, Sunday post game or a lot of NBA locker rooms, but it means something to this Timberwolves team because they beat themselves so often last year. And and you could argue early this season, I mean, like the Toronto game and the Atlanta game, not necessarily because those teams were shorthanded, but because those teams are teams the Wolves should have beaten and they played well enough to win in certain phases of each of those games. Of course, the big lead against Atlanta and um, and the Toronto game was just a very winnable game. It was just sloppy, right? We said that at the time. Um, the Wolves can beat anybody at any given night. And we've seen them beat full-strength good teams, right? Like, it's not just, yeah, Miami was missing Jimmy Butler and um, New Orleans missing Zion. And, um, you know, they've played teams with guys missing. Uh, the Celtics were, you know, were a bit shorthanded as well. But... They've beaten a full-strength Denver Nuggets team. They played the Nuggets well last year. They played other good teams well last year. So it's not a matter of like, hey, they're just beating shorthanded teams. That's exactly what they need to prove that they can do, that they can function in a vacuum themselves regardless of opponent, especially on offense, but that they bring it defensively and related to that on the defensive glass on a nightly basis. And all three of those areas, just the general offensive flow, the overall defensive effort slash defensive rebounding, those were issues last year against opponents like this. Shorthanded opponents, even when full strength, the Wolves would have been favored at home against the Pelicans, probably by a couple of points, two and a half points or something like that at FanDuel, I would imagine. This ended up being, I think before the game, it was a nine and a half point. The Wolves were favored by nine and a half points because of all the injuries to the Pelicans. So a team they should have beaten regardless, but especially shorthanded. And the Wolves did exactly that. So like, as as doom and gloom as I was and many of us were and and I think warrant it was warranted after the Atlanta game this is flipping that narrative and this is another step in the right direction coming into this homestand off of that Atlanta loss um what did I, I thought I thought a split was probably realistic I think that's what I said on the show and I thought 3 and 1 would be a big win for the homestand to come out of this homestand with four wins Denver uh I guess Miami was this homestand. Who was it? Denver, Utah, Boston, and New Orleans to come out with a 4-0 homestand sweep ahead of a long, tough road trip. You can't ask for anything better. The vibes are so much better now than they were a couple of weeks ago, and rightfully so. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Anthony Edwards because I thought he was uh, still the best overall player in this game. I mean, we've, we're saying that almost on a nightly basis now. And then I want to talk a little bigger picture about the team um, and also some some role guys, but also Carl Anthony Towns had a solid game. But let's start with Ant because uh, I don't want to bury the lead too much with how well he played. Anthony Edwards finished with a game high 26 points. He also had eight assists in this game and three rebounds. The shooting efficiency was not outstanding. 26 points on 22 shots. He was just two of eight on threes, but we knew that there was going to be a performance or two coming where Ant came back to earth a little on three-point attempts because he'd been shooting over 50% for the season. Um, he did get to line five times, which was good to see. You'd like to see a couple more free throws in there based on the volume of field goals. But he was a distributor in this game. And we'll talk about Nikhil Alexander-Walker later. He also had eight assists, believe it or not. Anthony Edwards had eight assists in this game and only three turnovers for as much as he was handling the ball. And also, I give this caveat every time, 
Ants plus minus is such an outlier, I'm going to say it. I'm going to list it off here, even though I don't like individual games, single player plus minus. Ant was a plus 35 in 33 minutes in this game. Nobody else on the Timberwolves was greater than a plus 24. That's significant. And and you like there's so much noise in this particular um stat, I guess, box score stat, right? Individual player plus minus in a single game. But when it's that stark of a difference, and the Wolves won by 21, but nobody else in the starting lineup was better than a plus 24. It was a plus 35 in this game. He was dominant on both ends of the floor. I think it was consecutive possessions or maybe two out of three possessions in the in the um, second half. where and I think it was both third quarter where Ant just pickpocketed. One was Brandon Ingram. I forget who the other one was. Uh, leading to dunks in the open court. Uh, we had the windmill dunk at the end of the game. But the the smothering defense that this team is playing, we'll talk more about that. But Ant specifically is such a major part of that. I, like the 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 national narrative around Ant is just catching up to how good he is defensively. On the ball last year, Ant was every bit this good. It's just like he's ratcheted up another level. Like, hey, we are the league's best defense, and I want to make all defense. I want to be an all NBA player. And it just like guys don't. We're seeing effort from him that. I'm I'm not I'm not here to like call out Brandon Ingram's effort. Um and I thought he was fine for New Orleans. He needed to be better than fine if they were gonna have a chance in this game with how shorthanded they were. But Ant just taking it to Brandon Ingram is so refreshing to see a Timberwolves star just be like, nah, I'm gonna I'm not gonna let this star beat me. I'm also a star. Um and that's something that Carl Anthony Towns has done occasionally throughout his career, but not with the consistency that we've seen Anthony Edwards do it here recently. This was just a very strong all-around Anthony Edwards performance. Next, I want to talk about the team. I want to talk about the defense. I want to talk about Cat. We'll get to some role players here later. Shake, Mike Conley, a very solid all-around game for the Wolves, and we'll also talk individual studs and duds. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Locked Wolves is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And uh, one of his picks is Jordan Hawkins, which Wolves fans, we just watched Jordan Hawkins take on the Timberwolves Pelicans first-round pick rookie this year. He should keep a starting role. According to Josh, while the Pelicans deal with a myriad of injuries, his shooting may fluctuate, but he has the appeal to be added in fantasy. And against the Wolves on Wednesday, he had 14 points. It was a bit of a volume line as he had 14 points on 11 shots, two of five outside the arc, uh, four free throw attempts, though. So depending on the format you're in, Jordan Hawkins could be a really, really nice ad right now on your waiver wire, or again, for daily fantasy as well. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. We've all had a time where we've had to fix our car to keep it running, or maybe there's a really cool upgrade that you want for your car. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, every day is 
We'll be back again on Friday. We'll preview this road trip, a difficult road trip. Doesn't get any easier for this Wolves team. We'll see if they could take their undefeated home record on the road where they're 0-2 so far. We'll preview all that Friday. Of course, Friday night's game as well, but we'll take a peek ahead at the whole road trip on Friday's show. All right. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the defense. I mentioned this in the open. This was the fourth consecutive game that the Wolves have held their opponent under 40% shooting. The fourth consecutive game. And guess what? They've won all four of those games. Every game in this homestand, they've held their opponent under 40% shooting. And this should have been the fifth game out of seven where they held the opponent under 100 points. The Pelicans went crazy in garbage time and hit a couple of really tough shots. And for whatever reason, um, everything was a foul against the Wolves bench unit in the fourth quarter. Like the Pelicans ended up attempting... 22 free throws for this game, and they were 21 of 22 at the line. So a couple of misses in there, a couple of those ticky-tack foul calls uh, that the Wolves were getting late as the refs were trying to, yeah, say even things up a bit in the in the free throw category. Um, and the Pelicans ended up over 100. But if you take out garbage time, this would have been the fifth time in seven games that the Wolves held an opponent under 100. The only two other teams that got over 100, the Celtics, because they're the Celtics, and the Wolves, of course, won that game. And then that miserable Hawks game with the second half collapse and the, the you know, three out of four quarters where the Hawks were like 60% shooting. Um, besides that, this has been an absolutely smothering defense. And every morning you wake up, you go to basketball reference, your favorite site. The Timberwolves are still number one in defensive rating. They have been for the majority of the season, um, or at least for the last week, ever since that Hawks game, right? Week and a half. They're still first in defensive rating. They're first in opponent points per game. Um, they are utterly dominant. First in opponent effective field goal percentage, just 46.6% for opponents. They're still fourth in defensive rebound rate. We've seen that slide a little. But if you look at this on a game-by-game basis, they've out-rebounded or been equal with their opponent the last several games. They're also top five in free throw attempts per field goal attempts. And we talked about this on the show. I think it was just yesterday's show, previewing this matchup against the Pelicans on Wednesday's show. Uh, That's an important stat for a team that could not get out of their own way in terms of foul trouble the last couple of seasons. And uh, I actually, it was one of my keys to the game in this one was stay out of foul trouble. And it's because we were in the, you know, in the wake of the Boston game with Towns fouling out. Towns fouled out again Wednesday, but it didn't matter because of the score. Um, And he also played much better than Monday. But in the wake of Towns fouling out, the McDaniels foul trouble, um, just lots of foul trouble Monday. And also a Pelicans offense that especially when shorthanded was only really going to have a shot at putting up points if they got to the line. And the Wolves did a really good job again until the fourth quarter when it was effectively garbage time of staying out of foul trouble in this game um, and and keeping the Pelicans off the line. But they're again, number one in effective field goal percentage, number four in defensive rebound rate, number five in free throw attempts per field goal attempts and uh, number one overall in defensive rating. It's just been a really impressive defensive start to the season. We saw that in this game. The Wolves are so aggressive on the perimeter. And with Mike Conley fighting through screens, if Jade McDaniels or or um, or Anthony Edwards get get in ball screen action, they're doing the same. They're communicating defensively. They're trapping sometimes off the pick and roll. They're just getting their hands in passing lanes. You have Ant just pickpocketing other teams' stars on the perimeter. Um, he did that a couple of times in this game. And then, of course, you've got Rudy Gobert shutting things down, kind of roaming the back line, playing this free safety role a lot of the time. It, it depends on the matchup. Occasionally, we're seeing him... Um, we're seeing him guard bigs, but for the most part, he's being allowed to do what he's best at. He had two blocks in this game, affected countless more shots. He also had 21 rebounds. Rudy Gobert had 17 and 21 in this game. I know I focused on Ant's line uh, because he was so dominant, I thought, on both ends and just kind of your attention is drawn to Ant, right? We all know that. 
Rudy Gobert was at 17 and 21 in this game. Just an absurd line. Um, and of course, I did say this on the postgame pod Tuesday following the Monday uh, game over Boston. I talked about Rudy, what was he, 2 of 11 at the free throw line. I didn't want to focus on that at all because everybody has a bad shooting night and you're already a 65, 70% free throw shooter. So a bad night could look much worse. Well, sure enough, um, nine of 12 in this game. So you combine those together. That's what 11 of 23, still not great, but closer to where his average is, right? That bounced back in the proper direction. Uh, not something to be overly concerned about. He's going to occasionally have a bad shooting night from the line. He turned in a fantastic performance. And if you wanted to argue for him as a player, of the game over ant, that'd be fine. Rudy Gobert was fantastic. Shut things down in the lane. Um, and of course, the Pelicans without Zion aren't going to do a ton of damage at the rim like Brandon Ingram. That's not really his speed, right? Um, but they weren't going to get anything done at the rim because of the presence of Rudy Gobert. And, I, you know, we can't gloss over Jaden McDaniels like the offensive line was a little more pedestrian in this game for him. But he had some really good moments. Um, McDaniels did have zero rebounds in 26 minutes, which is something else we focused on quite a bit. We can keep an eye on. Um, but in this particular game, Rudy made up for all that with 21 boards of his own. Just a another really strong Rudy Gobert performance, and I will say it again at every opportunity. This is the Rudy Gobert the Wolves traded for. This is the Rudy Gobert that that Timberwolves fans saw dominate in Utah for several seasons. This is prime like 2018-19 to 2022 Rudy Gobert. This is what we're seeing, and it's becoming more and more clear. That last year, he was so worn down, a bit injured after Eurobasket, not in the best start of season shape, and also in a new city with a new team. He's so much more comfortable now. He looks sleek, nimble, whatever adjective you want to use. That's where you go bare right now. It's been very impressive. And between him and Jaden McDaniels and adding Anthony Edwards and Mike Conley, who's still a plus defender, I, like this team is so good defensively. That's going to be their calling card. And I talked about this on Wednesday's show this team's floor is so high because if their defense doesn't take a night off and it really hasn't other than the Atlanta game, so what? They're six of seven for the defense not taking a night off this year. Um, the offense can, you know, has been clunky at times. It was much, much, much better in this game. It's been clunky at times, but the ceiling for the offense is so high. There could be more variance, but if you're if you battle every night defensively, you're going to have a chance to win every single night. And because you have an Anthony Edwards, especially him, but you could also say Carl Anthony Towns, if your offense isn't flowing, you can at least be in the game because of your defense and then say, hey, Ant, try and get us a win. Like, just have a high-volume scoring night. See if you can go full Kobe on these guys. Um, like, that. That that's a luxury. It's absolutely a luxury to have. Um, one other point about... Uh, the team. Actually, let's do the role player thing. Mike Conley was an, was fantastic again. He's been so good lately. Um, again, if you didn't watch the game, like the line's not going to pop, jump off the page. Twelve points, four rebounds, four assists. But he was four or five shooting. All five of his field goal attempts were three pointers. Hit a couple of pull up threes, which you know he's such a good catch and shoot three point shooter that um, his pull up threes are more like they're pretty league average, right? Like mid thirty percent, I believe, is what he shoots. And catch and shoot threes are typically around forty three percent for his career. But he was four or five on threes in this game, and at least two of those were pull-up attempts um, coming off of screens in transition. There was one he curled around a screen and just popped it and made it from the right wing. Like You don't see that a ton from Mike Conley, but he's playing with high confidence and really is the straw that stirs the drink for the Wolves. He's the perfect fit as a veteran, low usage, but hey, I can score if I need to, and I can give you some defensive effort. And the other thing is, 
when the Wolves traded for Conley, there was a little bit of handering, and I think about his decline defensively. Well, guess what? That Utah Jazz team that he was on early last year and the year prior, there weren't a whole lot of perimeter defenders there, right? Um, it was kind of up to Mike Conley to 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 be the guy on the perimeter. He doesn't have to do that anymore. He can be, and he probably is, uh, not probably, he is the fourth best overall defender currently in the starting lineup. And that's a luxury because he's still an above average defender and is a savvy player, knows how to get through screens, um, get around screens, get over screens, and is so intelligent, is so experienced, but he doesn't have to carry the load defensively. You have Jade McDaniels and Anthony Edwards at the point of attack, and you have Rudy as a failsafe roaming the baseline. Like, this is a well-rounded defensive team, and Mike Conley fits into it perfectly. All right. I want to talk individual studs and duds next. I have to get to Shake Milton, shout him out. That'll be separate from that conversation, but I'll do that next. Also, Nas Reed. Uh, just so many guys played well for the Wolves in this game. Um, so we'll get to all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together here on the podcast. We get fired up together on wins as has been the case a lot lately, and also losses, who starts, who sits, what the rotation looks like. And I'm thankful for that connection that we have today, though. I want the chat to be a little bit more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you're covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Rivadio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply and your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. There's a verified customer that had the following to say about Jace. Quote, I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Again, that's jacemedical.com. It's there on the screen if you're on YouTube. J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get $20 off your purchase. All right, let's close this thing out with a couple other positives from the game. Um, let's start with, or I guess continue with, uh, I didn't really talk about the third quarter much yet. The third quarter, again, if you didn't watch the game, you look at the box score and you're like, oh, well, you know, second quarter was the big one, right? Well, obviously that's where the Wolves created their distance and it was the most important quarter. The third quarter was like, the Wolves flashed in a way that was like, oh, okay, this is what this team could be. Um, and last year we kind of got used to, well, the Wolves played at a high pace. There was never really this overwhelming athleticism in the way they played. And, and I think, um, obvi like obviously, and I think this is the, this is the point, Anthony Edwards, Jane McDaniels, incredible athletes, right? But this team never really felt like they truly played at the pace that the statistics said they played at, if that makes sense. Like I know numbers don't lie, that whole thing, but like this team, um, they played fast, but only fast-ish, right? Only on paper. This was the more high-flying, like, get a steal, get out in transition, rip down a defensive board, get out in transition. Um, and also, it helps, by the way, that Rudy's running the floor much better, like, rather than plotting behind the play. To have two centers now that are willing and happy, you know, we have Rudy rim running, you have Cat running to the three-point line. Uh, we'll talk more about Cat here in a minute. Um, all really, really good to see. And... 
the Anthony, like the the Nas steal around the world, you know, behind the back, pass ahead to Nikhil Alexander Walker, alley oop off the glass to Ant. Ant had like two or three other transition dunks. That was another thing I talked about, by the way, in the in the pregame show on Wednesday, the the preview on the podcast Wednesday was getting out transition against the Pelicans. Like the Wolves should be able to do that. They need to do that. They need to get some easy buckets. They did that. Um, and this team not only can be smothering defensively, they can be fun in transitioning in the half court. And I don't know that we'll see this team generate as many turnovers as the defense did a couple of years ago with Beverly and Vanderbilt on the team and that kind of high risk, high reward blitzing defense. But don't look now. They're still like sixth in the league in, in turnover rate. I think sixth is the right. Uh, no, they're ninth in the league. Still top 10 in turnover rate defensively. Like they're still turning opponents over, getting out in transition and scoring. And if this team can really be like that, that team where they're solid defensively, but they're so overwhelmingly good that they're also going to generate easy buckets for themselves without having to gamble and, and have this high risk, high reward approach. Look out. I mean, this offense is going to quickly skyrocket. It's already now middle of the pack after being bottom 10 for a while. It's like 16th or 17th in offensive rating. Um, the third quarter was a good example of that. And I know the Wolves were only a plus one for the quarter ultimately, but um, the close to the third quarter and the way that they uh, turned the Pelicans over, got out in transition was very impressive and exciting to see. I got to talk about Shake. I got to talk about Carl Anthony Towns. Neither of these guys are going to are gonna hit the uh, the studs list. So um, actually, I take that back. I'm going to give Cat a stud. I'm going to switch this a bit. Let's talk about Shake first. Then we'll get to studs and duds. Shake Milton has been the most disappointing part of the season to this point. This could have been, probably was, his Timberwolves breakout. He had 10 points on nine shots, not ultra efficient. uh, And it was just one of five from outside the arc. But the three he hit was just, it just felt like, you know, a weight was lifted in that moment. And he just played well overall. He played freer in this game. Uh, 10 points, four rebounds, which is nice in 19 minutes out of him. He had an assist and a couple of steals. He was a positive plus minus. Um, it wasn't an outstanding performance by any stretch, but he played three minutes in the first half and didn't see the floor in the second half on Monday. So this is a, a big step in the right direction um, and probably his best, not probably, it was his all-around best performance in a Wolves uniform. Um, so shout out to Shake for a good game and the Wolves are going to need him, especially with no Jordan McLaughlin for the next several weeks with the knee injury. They're going to need Shake Milton to show up and be a part of this bench unit here uh, over the next several weeks and in, in, in the longer term over the course of the season, they need that sixth man type. Uh, so hopefully we see a bit, a bit more of the same, more of not the same, but what we saw Wednesday from Jake Milton moving forward. All right, let's do studs and duds. Of course, Anthony Edwards, we talked about him earlier, 26 points, eight assists, three rebounds, three steals, a couple of blocks in this game as well. Oh, by the way, I didn't even talk about the blocks. Oh my goodness. Both of those blocks on almost consecutive possessions, one of them was like above the square on the backboard. Like he was up there. It just the the athleticism and the burst and like I don't know. I don't know. Do I need to say this every podcast? Like what we're watching right now with the athleticism and the ability and now with Ant understanding the moment of like, hey, I can get this chase down block. And start a fast break the other way or end this possession and not put my team in a bad spot by getting out of position. Like that's better than jumping a gap and gambling for a steal, right? Like just get that chase down block. Use your athleticism to grab a board. Um, just a well-rounded Anthony Edwards performance. I think I mentioned earlier, but in addition to the 26 and eight assists, he had three steals and those two blocks. Uh, just a phenomenal ant performance. Carl Anthony Towns, I'm also going to give him a stud in this game. He had 23 points on 9 of 12 shooting. We saw him kind of go off from outside the arc early in the game. 
four or five from outside the arc overall. He only had the two free throw attempts, but he's got his three-point percentage now up over 30%. We know he's a career 39, 40% three-point shooter. So that's going to continue to move northward. Yes, he fouled out in 28 minutes. He only had three boards, no assists in this game. So there were moments that weren't great, especially in the second half. Uh, we saw a little bit more of the complaining from Cat on both ends for no calls on one end and, and getting called for fouls on the other. A couple more silly offensive fouls for hooking. Like every time that happens, I just want to shake Cat and be like, hey man, the book is out on you. Like opposing teams are probably sending this to the league and sending it to officials before the game or saying to the official right when the game starts or whatever the right protocol for that is, hey, watch Cat. He's going to hook. And so refs are watching for Cat to hook. Like he does it when it doesn't even matter. Like he did it to Matt Ryan late in the game when it was like a 25 point game. And he was trying to post up in mid post position against Matt Ryan of all people. And he just hooked him for no reason. Like just don't do that. Um, all that to say, mini rant over. Cat was still good in this game, very, very good in the first half. And it's this is the stud is for nothing else than seeing him lift the lid from beyond the arc. It was just really good for Cat. Ed Rudy, I mean, what more do you say? I said a lot already about him. 17 and 21, four of five from the floor, nine of 12 at the line, making the Pelicans pay for putting him at the line after a rough free throw shooting performance against the Celtics the other night. 17 and 21, two blocks and an assist for Rudy Gobert was so, so, so good. Um, also shouting out Nas, a good game. Of course, Cat in a little bit of foul trouble again. Nine for not off, Nas off the bench. Uh, you know, pitches in where he needs to. And he kill Alexander Walker. No points in this game. Only one shot attempt, and he missed it. He had eight assists and only two turnovers in 18 minutes. So Nikhil initiated a bit of offense as well. Um, I don't have any duds in this game. I'm not even going to try to stretch to find one. Uh, Jade McDaniel's was very good defensively, and he had 10 points. Uh, four of seven from the floor, two of five outside the arc. He did have the zero rebounds. So if I can just reduce the the dud category to a single, a single statistic, it would be Jade McDaniels having zero rebounds in 26 minutes, but he was otherwise super good in this game. And by the way, I didn't throw up the stats earlier. I'll do that now on YouTube, but the Wolves were a, uh, what a plus eight on the glass again, yet another team that the Wolves out rebounded. They out three pointed another team. Oh, I forgot to mention this earlier too. There's so much to get to in this game. This was the second most three-pointers the Wolves made in a game this season. The only other game that they made more was the loss to Atlanta when they were playing, uh, well, they got out to a hot start and then played some catch-up at the end. This is uh, only the third time all season the Timberwolves have made more than 15 threes in a game, in seven games. So they're averaging still less than 12 three-point makes per game, which is too low. They are making their threes. They're like seventh in three-point percentage league-wide as far as the team number goes, but they need to shoot more than what, 11.7 three-point attempts per game, I think is where they're at now. So there needs to be a bit of movement there. And I, and this was, a, again, a step in the right direction. Just the second time they've had more than 15 or more three-pointers made in a game so far this year. All right, that's all I got for you today. There's a lot more to get to Friday. I, I want to kind of, I've been kind of taking a step back on these days in between games and saying like, what's been so impressive so far? We got to do a little bit more of that Friday, but we'll also look ahead and see who's on the schedule upcoming for the Wolves um, as they embark on a much, uh, well, they've been at home for four home games, but this will be a long road trip. It starts, of course, with their first play-in tournament game, play-in tournament, oh my goodness, NBA tournaments, the Wolves have been in the play-in tournament the last couple of years, um, or not two years ago, just last year. Uh, what is this tournament called? In-season tournament, there we go. The NBA in-season tournament, the, the Wolves play the Spurs in the in-season tournament on Friday night in San Antonio. It's the first game of a five-game road trip that includes consecutive games in Golden State, too. They also go to Phoenix, and then we see these same Pelicans here, surely with Zion, in about a week and a half. So 
lots to look ahead to. We're going to preview it all on the show Friday, get you ready for the road trip. Um, also, if you missed the live postcast, the audio is the episode before this. If you're listening on whatever your favorite audio platform is, you can listen to the postcast. Last night, it was Luke Inman and um, and uh, Tyler Metcalf of Katasupis on the postcast. Check that out. You can watch it on YouTube at Lockdown Sports Minnesota, so be sure to subscribe there. You can listen to the audio here. Um, and then, of course, we'll have this show again Friday, get, get you ready for the weekend and for the road trip as well. That's all we have for you today here at Lockdown Wolves. A big thank you once again for making the show your first listen every day. Of course, you can find Lockdown Wolves free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. If you haven't already, please download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV and follow the show on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at be Beacon. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.